So on this Palm Sunday, when we gather, we hear this gospel proclaimed as our Lord enters into Jerusalem and everybody's praising him. And then we hear this other gospel proclaimed where he's being betrayed mocked and put to death by the same people who had been praising him. So one of the questions to ask ourselves is like, what stirs in our own heart when we hear this story? And what stirs in your own heart? What things stood out to you? Whatever those things are that are stirring in your heart, that's where our Lord is trying to enter into your life. Especially during this Holy Week. And during this Holy Week, we have all these different liturgies. And the liturgies are there so that we can become, once again, witnesses to everything that our Lord has done for us. Right? Witnesses to everything our Lord has done for us. Holy Weeks, one of my favorite weeks of the year. I should probably say it's my favorite week of the year because I'm a priest and it's mandatory. But, I mean, aside from the fact that we have beautiful liturgical celebrations and things like that, and there's the fact that I don't have to work in my office for the week. But it's an opportunity to slow things down and more deeply reflect on who our Lord is. Who our Lord is in my own life, who our Lord is in the life of the people I minister to, who our Lord is in your life. That's what Holy Week is for, so that we can become witnesses. One of the characters that always sticks out to me is Peter, because he's so zealous, and he's like, Lord, even if it means I'll die, I'll never betray you. And then he betrays him. Like, hours later. Now, how many of our lives is that like? Probably like a lot of our lives. But Peter has this conversion that happens as he's witnessing what our Lord does all through his passion, death, and resurrection. His heart's changed and transformed as he witnesses these events. That's what our Lord invites us to, the same thing, to allow our hearts to be transformed as we witness these events. As we gather on Holy Thursday, as we remember his passion and death on Good Friday, as we celebrate his resurrection at the Easter Vigil and on Easter Sunday. Let our hearts be transformed as we witness these events. For some of us, this is the time where we just remember our own pain or our own suffering. You know, another thing that strikes my own heart from the Passion narrative is 
when Jesus goes off to pray and he says, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will be done but yours. And oftentimes, you know, people will say things like, well, what did Jesus do for me? In the midst of my own pain, what did our Lord do? He just let it happen. But when our Lord went to the Father and he says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will be done but yours, he's saying, like, let's redeem the world without suffering. Like, let's try to do this without having to die. Because I would really rather not suffer. Which extends to, I would really rather that Father Sean doesn't suffer. Or I would really rather that Joe doesn't suffer. I would really rather that Margaret doesn't suffer. I would really rather that they don't suffer. So let's try to redeem the world without suffering, okay? But not my will be done but yours. And so he actually asked the Father to take away all of our pain. That's what he did. And then when we read the text carefully, what we see is he asked the Father three times for the same thing. He didn't just go ask the Father and say, but not my will be done, but yours, okay, now I'm going to the cross. It says, like, he came back and found them sleeping, and then he went back and prayed again in the same way. So that means he asked the Father for this. He goes back, he finds Peter sleeping, kind of says, wake up, can't you stay with me one hour? Then he goes back, Father, if it's possible, I'm really serious, take this away from me and take this away from them. But not that I will be done but yours. And then he goes back and finds him sleeping again. And then it says he goes back a third time, which means like he had this whole dialogue going with the Father, even though he was the Son of God, he still kept asking over and over and over again, Will you please take away their pain? Which means a couple of things. It means it's okay that we keep going to him saying, please take away my pain. But it also means that he repeatedly asked the Father. And then he takes up his cross joining us in our pain so that we could also so that we could die with him so that we can also rise with him which means he really loves you and he's unshakable in his ability to love you Because first and foremost, he knows who he is. When he receives praise entering into Jerusalem, it doesn't shake him, it doesn't fill him with pride, it doesn't fill him with a kind of ego. But he's, able, he's just able to receive it. And then when he's rejected, he's able to receive that too. Because he's not looking to the crowds, he's looking to the Father. During this Holy Week, it's an opportunity for us to focus ourselves on Christ, just as Christ focused himself on the Father. And as we witness everything that he did for us, it allows us to grow in our 
awareness and our experience of his love in our lives. And that's how we become unshakable in the midst of those times in our own lives when we're praised, when we're being given lots of accolades, but also in those times of persecution, rejection, or betrayal. And so I encourage all of you to make that space in your life this week to more deeply enter into this reflection on our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection, more deeply enter into witnessing everything that our Lord has done for you, re-experiencing everything that our Lord has done for you. That we may truly grow in our awareness and our experience of His grace, love, and mercy. So that like Peter, our hearts might be transformed and we might become a new creation in Christ. Because we say yes to his saving action in our own hearts.